we, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what. You bugging ass Jeff, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheese maker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. <laughs> Hey Michelle, how are you going? Hello, good thanks. You've brought lots of yummy preserves. I did. I did bring quite a bit of um, new season flavours of my jams and marmalades and pastes. So I should be slightly professional and get you to explain who you are and what you do. <laughs> okay. Um, my name is Michelle. I recently started my company, Ugly Duck Preserves. It's only seven months old. Um, what I do is I make preserves, mostly jams, but I also do chutneys, marmalades, and pastes. And the, um, the special thing about Ugly Duck Preserves is I'm, I'm using the ugly produce that farmers often can't sell because it's not perfect to cosmetic standards that the shops expect. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of waste for no reason other than, you know, just because it's not perfectly round or it's too big or too small or it has a bump where there shouldn't be a bump. And it's absolutely ridiculous. When I um, first started making cheese and milking my own cow, yeah. um, I was, we had a couple of years at Lantarm Land that were particularly dry and I had no feed, even just for two cows. And... Um, so I was struggling to supplement feed, so I went to the local fruit shop mm -hmm. and said, can I get some waste? Oh, yeah. And I was getting two rubbish bins a day, and I was barely scratching their waste. Yeah. They were throwing out, I think, two wheelie bin fulls a day. And how did it look? Like, did it look um, like waste to you, or was it...? Uh, yeah, so most of the stuff I was getting was pretty, okay. pretty dusted. Um, more in terms of age, look. Yeah, okay. Uh, more in terms of age than anything yeah. else. Um, but yeah, sometimes they would get stuff that was just it would, and, and most of the time it was stuff that didn't look normal in inverted yeah. commas yeah. that wouldn't sell because it didn't yeah. look, you know, look slightly weird or whatever. It's quite um, sad that people are so far. There's a big distance between people and food that they don't quite understand that nature grows any kind of shape yeah. any kind of color and we only see this one shape one color in the shops and how did we get how did i understand as a sort of a pet hate of mine that i understand why with moving food large distances mm. why look and um ability to travel became important in terms of food growers but when did flavour become like the tenth the thing last on the list? Thing on the list, I know. Yeah, and it's all about shelf life. Yeah, for the big shops anyway. So um, that's something that's I only learned in the last few years. I guess I started gardening maybe really when I came to Australia. I started gardening so almost ten years ago. Yeah, and 
the more I learned about growing, the more I was surprised how many different varieties of fruit and vegetable there are, but yeah. yet you only ever see the, the same oh, standard the, the, the variety that, in the shops. Yeah. The two that drive me insane are apples and potatoes. Yeah. So my kid, yes. I've got three young kids and they love apples. Yeah. Particularly um, like the dessert apples, more mm-hmm. than more than eating apples, they will eat Granny Smith apples till the cows come home. And I would love to be able to buy them, you know, the, the thousands of different varieties of those apples that are around, but you just don't see them, not even in no. independent fruit yeah, shops. I know. Um, and the same as when I went to Tasmania and all of a sudden in this little local, because they've got a bit more of a food culture, and I, I think Melbourne would be the same in its fresh food markets, mm. but you could get 50 different types of potatoes, mm. and I'm a potato nut. Yeah. And... If I see a different um, type of potato in the yeah. supermarket, I'll buy just on principle just to say, hey, keep, know, right? keep pushing these yeah. these interesting ones through. I still struggle. I, um, I'm German and I often want to cook uh, recipes from home and we would use a certain variety of apple or a certain variety of potatoes, as yeah. you say, for certain meals like apple strudel. We use a very particular apple for it to yeah, make it perfect. Not, not just a green apple. And I, you just you can't get it. You can't even ask for it because people never mm, heard of it. No. It's might be a climate thing. Particular apples in Queensland. Okay, yeah. fair well, we, we grow we grow <laughs> apples at Stanthorpe. It's not like yeah, it's not true. like um, yeah. we don't grow apples. But I think the the culture of particularly because we're sort of run by supermarket culture mm. is they want to sell you know three types of red apple and one type of green apple and that's yeah. it um and yeah, and it's hard because it's a chicken and egg thing you sort of how do you get the consumer to demand um that enough of it so that they go well okay mm. because then they've got to go back to a grower and you can't just grow an apple in a week no someone's then got to plant an orchard and that yeah. might take five years to be producing that apple well, and yeah. it's it's a lot of risk and actually when you when you talk to farmers that still do own older orchards they often find that they have to pull out the old varieties which yeah, is and cruel. plant you know the two standard varieties that are asked for because yeah absolutely nobody wants to buy the old variety which you know it's crazy i heard an interesting story about cider in the uk and you know your cider a lot of cider in the uk mm. is made from windfall i suppose in germany yeah, too made absolutely. from windfall apples yeah. But you're getting all these different varieties in your cider. Like you're not just getting one sort of monoculture. And then um, the program I was watching said, you know, this is how, the, how we do cider in the UK and this is mm. sort of the history and tradition. And then they said last year China planted more apple trees than there are in all of the UK. What? And it was one breed oh, for wow. cider. That's what they were trying to get, the apple juice right. in the cider market. So they planted more trees than there was in the whole of the UK in one year of one variety of apple. Oh, God. And it's like, well, in five years' <laughs> that time... That no sense whatsoever. All the cider is going to come from that apple. It's all going to oh, come from God. China. It's all going to be concentrated um, apple juice, you know. Yeah, that's sad. Mm, very much so. Um, yeah. So what have you got here? What's, what's your favourite um, preserve to make? Well, I'm a bit of a sweet tooth, so I really love my sweet jams that I make. Yeah. Um, do we have the apple? There's a new flavor, apple and vanilla. 
Is that That's the a one lime that you mint got? marmalade. I'm I'm oh, I'm the only know, person here. in my house that likes um, marmalade, but I pear vanilla. That's what I mean. Not apple. We've been talking about apples now. <laughs> it's in your pear vanilla is my favourite at the moment. It's very sweet if you don't mind mm. sweet. I'm going to get a little stick and stick my um stick it in. So which one is that? Ah, oh, that's the marmalade. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So yeah, marmalade's tart. Yeah. <laughs> so you're um, so you're buying directly off growers. I work um, very closely with Food Connect. Yes. Okay. And they help me a lot. I'm actually using their kitchen. Mm-hmm. So they've started to talk to their farmers, yep. telling them that there's an on-site jam maker. And if you're working with Food Connect, then you're going to be getting good quality in terms of flavour, like flavor. maybe not looks, but yep. you, you'll get exactly. the, the best of the flavour. Yeah, it's all fresh. It's local. You know, it's within 400 kilometres yep. um, around Brisbane. It's all chemical-free. No, no of the farmers of, of Food Connect uses any sprays. Um, some is certified organic. Some is biodynamic, some is just chemical free. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm working with their third grade, I probably call it yep. the jam grade, the the ugly. Yeah. So or the surplus. Sometimes when there's a really good season, and they just have too much of it, unfortunately. Fruit doesn't have a shelf life. No. You know, it needs processing. So. I used to um I used to rep for my company quite a bit. I'm not out on the road as much as I used to be, but there was a little farm just outside of Nambour, mm-hmm. um, a little fig farm, oh. and they used to have their A-grade figs for eating nice. and then their B-grade figs, which for eating that just didn't look as good, and then their C-grade figs, which used to be the ones that had split or a little bit overripe, yeah. and they'd have these trays, in, and they were so cheap. Mm. And fig jam is probably oh my, my favourite of all the yeah. jams. And... No commercial place makes fig jam how I like it made, which is you cut the fig in half mm-hmm. so that when you make, have your jam in the morning, oh, you get you know, it, like, huge, yeah, yeah, massive okay. chunks of fig because that's how my grandmother used to make right. it. And that's what I'm used to. Like everyone sort of chops it up. Okay, I'm taking notes. That's what I'm going to do. Quite well, you know, a jar of jam lasts you about two days because yeah. you need four fig halves on each one. But, um, yeah. yeah, so that's what I do. I'd go past and... Um, Quite often they'd only have the A-grade ones. Mm. Um, I think basically what would happen either they would harvest them and they would be A-grade and then as they started to get overripe, they would go down to B and then then into the third grade. But, yeah, I was there every two weeks and they'd sort of see me coming, oh, yeah, we've got some jam figs for you. And, you know, I'd get five kilos of figs for, I can't remember how much it was, but it was way, way ridiculously cheaper. Mm. And the other thing I would do then is go through the tray and inevitably there'd be four or five or six or ten figs that were still Perfect. quite firm yeah, yeah and good and yeah. then they'd go for you know they'd be the Eat dessert them. figs for the night um and um and the rest are going to things so i've got two fig trees on my farm at home mm-hmm. and this winter i'm going to try and do cuttings awesome. and just get i've got do the do it with fig and mulberries and just yeah. try and get them everywhere because they're That's two of awesome. my favorites favorite um, i've done the same I've, i also have a farm mm. And um, I've planted several cuttings and eh, not so much luck so far. I've done okay with mulberries. I've gotten four to go. I had really good success one year yeah. and then my electric fences failed and the cows uh, ate them because they love mulberries. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. adore okay. mulberries. Um, 
but yeah, not not too bad. I'd really like to. I'd like to do a mulberry arch and grow two oh, two yeah, sort of nice. rows of mulberry trees and 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 because they're very um they're very moldable. You know, yep. you can really and they grow fast. Yeah, yeah, they grow fast, especially. And you put some ducks or something around them and give them a bit of fertilizer and they mm. really take off. But, um, I like it. Mm, and they're very good for cows. So, All right, which is the other one I should try? The pear. Okay, you have to pear and vanilla. And then we'll have some, some wine from Stacey. Oh, that is really sweet, isn't it? That <laughs> tastes like... Um, um, Oh, I do a dish with um, it's you get your pears and you cut them in half, mm-hmm. and you get uh, a bottle of white wine and sugar. It's a very very bad recipe, and a vanilla bean, and you poach the pear in it until it goes soft, and then you take the pear out. Yeah, and then you reduce the wine right down Ooh. until the sauce just starts to go sticky. Yeah, like almost like a caramel. And then, yeah, put your ice cream next to your pear half and drizzle the sauce oh, over next yes. to it. And when it hits the ice cream, it, it sort of sets and goes tacky in it. Oh. And, if you you know, you get it in your teeth and it sort of grips your teeth together, but it is a fantastic recipe. Sounds good. Mm. And that's what, that, that's what that jam tastes over like. ice cream might be the fast food. Yeah, it might be the, <laughs> the, the end. So a couple of questions for you from a purely selfish perspective of me making jam. Mm-hmm. What sugar do you use? I currently use just white refined sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using Australian grown sugar. There's actually one company that is certified sustainable. Okay. There's no certified organic sugar grower in Australia. Yeah. So I decided to keep it. Sugar's not a very high pesticide crop anymore, though. To be honest, I don't know nothing about sugar growing. No. And I don't know how it works. Because now they... Um I could be wrong on this, but I think they used to burn and, and spray yes, and burn quite burn, a bit. Yeah. But now they tend, I think, just to tend to slash, slash okay. and let it fall and remulch back in and yeah. then cut the cane. So um, I could be wrong on that. I've, I've got a farmer mate down at my house who grows cane, so I'll ask him. Hmm. So what about the um, – oh, pectin was my other question. Do, yeah, you, okay. do you use pectin, pectin, or do you use just natural – Yeah. I don't add any pectin to any of my products. Yeah. I really just use, all I use is the fruit itself, fresh lemon juice, sugar, and if I use spices or herbs or anything, that's it. Do you get the, um, so a couple of my marmalade recipes say, you know, get the seed and the pith and that and put it in a bag and boil that as well to get the pectin? Does that work? That helps a lot. Do you find that that way, I'm a terrible cook in terms of, baking and making preserves because I never measure properly. Yeah. I'm not... I struggle with that too. I'm not, you know, it's like, <laughs> eh, whatever. So I, I can I can make a really nice jam that sets perfectly yeah. and then I can make something that's pretty much fit as a sauce for, <laughs> for ice cream only, um, which is fine if it's, you know, strawberry jam. Not so yeah. good if it's marmalade. People don't yeah. like marmalade on, on ice cream. So ha- how do you go? Do you, do you find you get consistent results or...? I'm doing my best that I do get the consistency but it is small batch cooking that I do so I find that one week I work with um, a fruit and the next week 
there might have been um, like st strawberries. Different varieties of strawberries react different when I cook them. Yeah, okay. Because they've got different amount of sugars in them, I would imagine. Different imagine. sugars. And it, it's um, also, I think, the climate when they grew, how yeah. much water they had. And, like, you know, if it was a wet week or month or if they got extra water, there's different things going on. And I can definitely see differences in the consistency working with the same fruit but different varieties of it. Yeah, okay. And, um, and I, I suppose it would depend on uh, is fruit a lot like um, corn and beans? Like, does it convert sugars to starch on the age? Does the age of the fruit make any difference, or it, not really? Yeah, it well, you use pectin as the as your fruit goes older. Okay, yeah. So if you have if you have um, very ripe fruit, you know that there's less pectin in it, and you might have to think about finding pectin in some other way or just adding some extra time to your jam cooking. Yeah. And and it works. So uh, how important is temperature and time? Is that, what, like, along with measuring, is that what you've really got to keep an eye on? Like yeah. getting it to a certain temperature for a certain amount of time? Yeah. So roughly people say that jam is ready and to set at 105 degrees. Yeah. And that is... Is true, but sometimes you can see that your jam is ready before that already. And so I do both. I take, I measure temperature, but I also just take samples on a plate. And yeah, okay. Push it with the finger around and play with my food and see if it's ready or not. If I, I like the consistency, I've done that so many times, and it's just, it's just runny. Like it's not ready to go. And I'm like, oh, I guess I keep cooking keep it. Cooking it. And then like I cook it for like an hour, and I'm like, well. This is not gonna. It's not gonna set. Let's put it in a little jar. You can at I, home, I, I like guess if that happens to you, you can the next day if you find that it hasn't set. Yeah. Open your jar, put it back in the pot, and just cook it again. Okay, so you can't. Like it's not cooking it for more time is not going to hurt it. No, if you overcook it, it will. Yeah. At some stage, you get um, almost like um. Yeah, the tacky, the tacky, yeah, okay. kind of sticky, overcooked, dark colour, dull colour jam. Yeah, almost like it's burnt. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But if you happen to have a batch at home that when you shake the jar and you see it's just not set, yeah, there's nothing wrong with just putting all the jars back in, open them back in yep. your pot, cook and it go again. again and see whether it comes back again. Yeah. All right. A chutney for. Yeah, I can never remember the name of this fruit. What's the the, the fruit that go, grows wild all over Brisbane as a pest? Yellow, pink inside. Ah, uh, um, guava. Guava. You got a good chutney or taste recipe for guava? I've made guava um, jelly. Yeah. I don't think because it's quite, a, it's quite a, when you cook it down, it's quite a pasty fruit. I've always sort of cooked it and strained it. Yeah, it's a then, lot of work in it. Yeah, and then yeah. made a pulp out of it. Yeah. To um, you yeah, know, to, to make a chutney or something. Yeah, I've or, never or actually made savoury. I only ever made the jelly with it. Yeah. And that was beautiful. Okay. Again, very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do reduce the sugar levels in my jams, but some are just like the pear has so much sugar in itself that you know it just goes. Can I try this one? 
Yes, apple rosemary jelly. That one is beautiful. I'm going to try it with a little bit of... Um, that has to go with cheese. With a little bit of the cheese that's sitting here. So, And I'm drinking... We have a wine sponsor who's very generous. So tonight we're drinking uh, Tempranillo. Tempur, I can never pronounce it. Spanish wine, which goes well with hard cheese. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so the apple rosemary is, is one of my best sellers at markets. People just love it. Yeah, right. And every time they go, oh my God. And why is it? Just, just from <laughs> tastings? Like, yeah, yeah. Lots of people want to have it with lamb. I guess that's okay. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, so what about all your spices and stuff like that? Do you, like the rosemary, do you then get that from farmers as well? Yeah, so the rosemary actually is from our own garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have mm. this huge old, you know, yeah. plant that just keeps on giving. Going, yeah. Yeah. That's and, really good. Um, I've never used rosemary. It just kept growing bigger and bigger. And then now that I finally have something to, <laughs> to use it with, I'm so happy. And the plant is happy too. That yeah. it, you know, gets a trim sometimes. There's a, um, a uh, pub down the road from my place and they've got a rosemary hedge that would be nice. 50 metres long and probably five foot high. Not that I ever own a rosemary at my place, but at least I know where there's something See, to go. Wouldn't it fun- be fantastic if we had edible plants everywhere mm. like in hedges trees so this is a bit of a bit of a theme of mine in the in the in the pod is i do not understand why councils do not grow more edible food in parks and things like that i understand I that it can be a little bit messy you know mm. like if you've got mangoes falling but then you know you look at um um there's a whole avenue of mango trees yeah. at north lakes I was really impressed when I was in um, in Christchurch that all their new parks have pear and apple and yeah. peach and, oh, you know, they're, they're planting these edible trees um, in the parks there. But, you know, why not? Like, you could grow – you could have a lemon tree in every park. Like, everyone's going mm-hmm. to use a lemon and a lime. Um, they're, they're no – I'm sure the council would tell you that – it's hard to manage bats and fruit fly and mm. fruit falling on cars and I don't know, but it would be yeah, fantastic. Yeah, but the, there's like trees with, that have seed pods or trees oh, that drop leaves. Yeah, like yeah. You know, there's an excuse for everything, I guess. Yeah. And look, if you want to plant the native tree of southeast Queensland, sure, I can completely understand that, try and preserve the ecosystem that's mm. there. But if you're going to plant an ornamental from somewhere else why not plant a lemon tree yeah um, oh i'm all up for it like, yeah. yes <laughs> let's <laughs> and then, do it <laughs> and then people like you and me can go around and, and harvest all the free fruit actually i went for a walk today in the um botanic gardens in the city and i noticed this beautiful looking tree full of a fruit that i wasn't familiar with it was called i looked at it up took my phone looked it up it's um a tree from india it's called elephant apple oh okay edible well yes <laughs> according to google in my 30 second search it told me it was edible yeah apparently they use it in jams and chutneys okay so i did contemplate to ask the council if they do allow people to pick the fruit in the tree you know well, if it's in a public space i don't see why not yeah i don't know mm. there was like tons of it 
Yeah. That I'll, would be an interesting flavour too. I would... Um, um, I can remember watching Surfing the Menu and they were in Perth mm-hmm. and they backed their car up to a fig tree that would have been, I don't know, six metres high. You know, just a, a fig tree that was ancient, ancient, yeah. ancient. And, you know, every man, woman and child could have eaten figs off this tree for days and they wouldn't have got them all and yeah. plus whatever the birds got. You know, yeah. it's just you know, how hard is it to, to, to put something like that in? Um, yes. It's... Well, in in Germany, it's quite normal that we have... Actually, the council there, there's a law they have to put... Whenever they seal, say, they build a new road and so ground gets sealed because of the road or they put a car park in or something, the council has to dedicate a green space the same size or something Mm. um, to make up for the space that it took from nature, so to speak. And um, where I'm from... They um, they plant orchards on those public spaces, ah, nice. and everyone is welcome to go and you know. I do wonder whether the BlackBerry experience oh. soured a lot of governments in Australia because yeah. that was one of the ones that you know a gentleman from England decided that he would introduce the BlackBerry because that's what he yeah. that was his thing from home, There's and a then few yeah. t- turns into a massive well you know. As much as everyone curses BlackBerry in the southern states, I've got Lantana and I don't get mm. anything from that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not making Lantana yeah. land. Um, I'm yeah. not making Lantana land jam, that's for sure. Um, uh, I did see someone, though. They, um, they forage Lantana flowers yeah. for fancy rents- restaurants. Really? Mm. Oh, they're welcome to come down to my place. They can do <laughs> many flowers as they like. Um and the bees will work it off of bees. They they will work it, but it's minimal. Mm. It's pretty. It's it's not a you know. It's not a great. It's not a great plant. So no, I agree. So does what you get from the farm farmers determine what you're making? Yes, yes. It's um. It's absolutely depending on the season. Yep. And depending on what's in surplus or what has had, you know, a cosmetic problem growing. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm trying to be as flexible as I can when I get into the kitchen. Yeah. I kind of, um, beginning of the week, speak to Luke at Food Connect and see what, what he's got. Yeah. And and then I create the, the recipes that I want to do. And Fridays is when I go in the kitchen and, and, and cook, cook up, up whatever's there. Yeah. And that so far works quite well. And is it? Bit, uh, I suppose that, like, I always think that um, having restraints sort of makes you more creative sometimes. Yeah. You know, so you're like, oh well, you're getting half a ton of pomegranates. Well, what am I going to do with half a ton of pomegranates? You know, so then you, you're forced to to have to go and um, you know get into stuff like that. Like the kiwi jam. There was um, a lot of kiwis coming my way, and I, I never heard of kiwi jam, but you know, it's I gave thing. it a go. It's a thing. Oh, give, give you try that one. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was a success. I love kiwi fruit; they're fantastic. I did. Um, I did spend three hours in the kitchen just peeling them. Peeling them. Yeah. 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 The um, oh, that is fantastic. 
that tastes um that's a little bit uh, what does that remind me of it's not a marmalade taste but it's oh that's really nice I really like the seeds they're like poppy seeds they mm. pop I've got a bit of texture from the seeds there. Yeah, have you seen? Um, I, I doubt you would ever get it as a as a fruit that doesn't look any good because it's probably not not enough. But have you seen finger limes? Yes, yes. How do you think they'll I, go in a marmalade? I think that would be fine. That would be great. That would be really interesting. I wonder whether you could cook it slowly enough to try and maintain the integrity of the little balls or whether uh, they're just going to pop as you cook. Because, you know, you're talking about yes. the little explosions there. Like, that is one of the great things about finger lime is those. Yeah, that's a – I'd say they pop because mm. you do have to cook mm. your marmalade pretty long and you stir it and thing. Yeah. They're quite a thin skin, though, so the skin would probably be – if you diced it up fine. Well, if I ever get my hands on finger lime, I'll yeah. give it a go and tell you all about it. I've got four <laughs> trees. They've been in a number of years. They haven't died, but they haven't really grown. I'm just I'm dying yep. for someone to come and give me advice on what I'm doing wrong with mm. finger limes. I can't tell you. I killed three trees so far. Yeah, right. No, no. Um, it's not the right kind. And of they're food. a bloody native rainforest tree. They should just grow yeah, like weeds. Yeah, they should, right? Unfortunately not. What about lemongrass? Do you use much lemongrass in, in um, preserves? I haven't yet. Or, or lemon myrtle? Lemon myrtle. I tried I tried a recipe of strawberry lemon myrtle jam. Yeah. But I found that the strawberry flavor was too strong indeed. The lemon myrtle was lost too, in too, it. Too, too, um, yeah, too light. Yeah. So it has to be, it has to be something that, yeah, that's more of a background flavour mm. to bring out the lemon myrtle more. That quince paste is fantastic as well. Thank you. That's all really, really nice. What haven't I tried? <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I get a bit of it. I should try a bit of that hot lime chutney with the yes. bit of cheese. Yeah, that would be lovely. It does have a bit of a bite to it, but it's oh, not too it. bad. I, I love a bit of bite. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I did have a, a at my last house. I had a good sort of chili garden, you know, a nice, yeah, um, wide range. But for some reason, I just haven't established it at this place. So I've got. I've planted a whole heap of um, different chili seeds. I'll see how I go. Because I really like having a, a whole bunch of different chilies to to play around with. And then once they establish, the plant just keeps going yeah, for years. years. Yeah, it's amazing. Or, you know, once you get them going, they normally self-seed. Yeah, yes. You know, because you you don't always get them before they're ready and they fall around. And Yeah, I started to plant a, quite a few myself because now that I do all these preserves and I have a property where I can grow stuff, so I'm like, oh, I might as well, you know, the little things that add into my my preserves like the, yeah. the rosemary and the chili and yeah. anything else that I might want to use um, might as well pop it in because we've got the space and and that way I can be more creative. That's right. So where did you get into doing preserves? Is, is it a, like was your family always yeah. into preserves? Is yes. that a thing? My family, 
My grandparents had a dairy farm and my grandmother had a huge vegetable garden and an established old orchard. Yeah. So I always grew up with lots of produce, homegrown produce that you had to somehow make use of. You mm. would never waste something that you grew in your own garden. Yeah. Um, so my family always made a lot of jams and that's just something that's normal for me to do. Like. Yeah. There, I find that the most with honey, I don't really make enough um, preserves yet because I don't produce enough fruit. Mm. That's chili jam. Uh, that's just a really nice little after burn. That's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, I find with the honey, it's just so tradable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, especially if they don't have that produce themselves, Everyone wants something that's made yes. more homemade than than the, the shop bought stuff. Yeah, and I think the shop bought stuff now is a lot better than it used to be in terms of it's a lot closer to what we would think of as jam than mm-hmm. maybe ten years ago when it came in a tin and it was basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you did. You ever get that in Germany? No. Used to well, no, I, oh, my, no. my um. Uh, we used to go, my parents had a little holiday house off the coast of Gladstone, you know, yeah. like a little beach shack. And I can always remember, and I guess because it was easier to store, but you used to get apricot um, conserve and I think it was strawberry as well in a tin. Really? Yeah. And you'd open it up. No I way. guess it'd store for heaps longer because it was better sealed. Yeah, wow. And you'd... Open it up with the tin opener and, and there was your jam. No, I never heard of it. It's a concept I'm not familiar with. And I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen it around for ages and yeah, ages, so good. I guess that's a good thing. The, the the ceiling in jars got a lot better <laughs> than what it was back in the day. But um, it's just one of those little memories that just sticks with me from, yeah. from when I was a kid. No, I I have these memories of my mum's larder just full of homemade jams and Hickety piggity jars that she would recycle every yeah. year, and yeah, and all different shapes and sizes. Yeah, yeah, and handwritten labels, and yeah. Sometimes you would find a jar that's like been in the furthest corner five years, oh, yes. and still fine because uh, there's so much sugar in it. Nothing would ever go wrong. That used to really irritate my grandmother. She, if if you went into the pantry and she. I'd go, you know, I'd come and visit, especially when I went to university and I'd come home, oh, would you like a jar of big jam? Yes, thanks. <laughs> and she'd go in, oh, this one hasn't been rotated properly. Give me the old one. Because <laughs> you know, it's all got to go, you know, yeah, bit, yeah. come to the front, the new yeah. ones go to the back. And But, you know, she used to have, oh, she's 96 now, so she doesn't, doesn't make jam mm. like she used to. But I can remember there'd be 30 or 40 jars of jam just, yeah. just sitting there. And it was only her and granddad. It's not <laughs> like they were using that much jam. But um, I think it did It did come from that age where you just didn't waste anything. Yeah, I mean, with fruit, I guess before there was freezers, there's not much you can do otherwise. No. You know, fruit spoils within days after harvest. You yeah. really need to get onto it. Yeah. And... Preserve now, we are so spoiled that we can buy strawberries or whatever all all year long. But when you can't, if you only could eat strawberries when they actually grow in your garden, yeah, you'd be so happy to have 10 jars of strawberry Strawberry jam jam that you can use in cakes and in in, um, milkshakes, in 
on toast, whatever, you know. Yeah, we that's just, right. Um, that's why preserving, I guess, they invented it because they had to. That's why I love mulberry season because um, it's not a fruit that gets that's into right. the shops. I've yeah. never seen them in the shops, obviously, because no one's ever bred a mulberry that can survive, I guess. Yeah. Um, and... A, the kids just love picking them. You know, you just mm. pick mulberries for them and they'll just eat them all day. But if I can get, you know, three or four kilos, I make, I don't make a jam, I make um, like a syrup ah, to, to, for nice. pancakes and yeah. ice cream. So just cook them down, again, push them through the strainer. Yeah. And then um, add sugar back in and reduce it down until it's sort of, you know, just simmer it mm. until it, it gets that sort of syrupy consistency. Mm. But it is just that fruit tent just seems to go very well as that style of thing. Great on pancakes. So yeah, it's I'm better than maple syrup. To getting my hands on some. I um I have never made jam from mulberries, but mm. I'd like to try. Apparently, you have to pick the um the stalk out the middle or something when you make the jam. Yeah, if you're making jam, if you're making Sounds jam, jam intensive. probably <laughs> a, 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 um, a jelly, yeah. you wouldn't have to. You do what yeah. I do and just cook them down yeah. and, and strain them. and Yeah, because that's, that's why I make that because I couldn't be asked mm. um, picking the stems out. Because they're not a – they're a funny fruit and the tree – I've never worked out exactly what it is. Like they, they like a hard prune. Yeah. But okay. then they obviously like a certain amount of nutrient and a certain amount of water because some years I'll get an okay crop and then other years you'll just get, you know, bigger than my thumb wow. and just covered and to the point nice. where you cannot keep up with them. Yeah. Um, and actually the best crop I ever had was when I kept ducks. I had ducks underneath them and I was tipping the duck water out underneath the tree ah. every day. You so know. more water is better for them. Uh, more water or maybe more nutrients because that duck water is pretty right. mucky yes. with you know mm. with with their crap. So uh, yeah, that was probably you know it's like liquid fertilizer every single yeah. day. But that tree just that was the second year it had that tree in and it just boomed oh, that wow. summer. Two years, really? Yeah, it was the second wow. year. That's awesome. And it's sort of like and then that yeah that that summer so it must have been I put it in one winter. So it was the second winter, so it was sort of like two and a half years when I got that that first crop. But it sort of as soon as it hit spring, it just mm. went you know, branches everywhere, and then a whole heap of nice. a whole heap of fruit. So yeah. So what have you got growing on the farm in terms of fruit? Um, I it's very young orchard. I've put yeah. sixty something trees in so far. It's mixed. I put in any tree I fancy. And then I see if it survives or not. Yeah, I've lost quite a few, unfortunately. I'm glad that you've lost quite a few because oh, I get laughed at by my wife all the time about how yeah. many how many trees of. Um, we get a lot of frost up there. Okay, where about to you? It's uh, it's called Kandanga. It's just below Gympie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the Mary Valley. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of frost coming through and. All the tropicals that I put in, like black sapodi and yeah, oh, I had a what's it called, a quaimak and uh, a few other like you know special trees. No, they they all died. Yeah. So 
Well, I've got the mm. native plums going okay. Mm. You know, the one that grows on the yeah. stem. The um, uh, uh, Davidson. Davidson plum. Yes. Burdekin? There's two. There's a Burdekin plum and a Davidson plum. I can't remember which one I've got. I've got uh, the tropical cherry growing. Yeah, the oh, tropical cherry. Uh, Gurumachina. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got the Brazilian cherry, mm-hmm. and that does very well. In fact, you've got to be careful of that because it can spread like a weed yeah. if you're not careful. But it makes a really, really good jelly. Yes, yeah, planted um, as well. It's funny. I gave one of my friends um, that for the first time, and she thought I was joking because you know it's very, it's quite a tart fruit. It's a uh, bit peppery, or is that the other one? No, it's it's sort of like it can get really, really sour if you pick them too early. Okay. But if you pick them when they're really ripe, you get sort of like a sour, then a sweet mm. flavour. Um, but she doesn't really like a, a, bit, a bit of fruit. She's like, winding me up. And I'm like, Curtis and the boys pick these and eat them like till, you know, yeah. just eat them like, you know, like they're lollies. And she's like, no, this is a joke. You're winding me up. So, oh, you know, I send her pictures of the boys eating them and she, she still doesn't believe that i'm oh really i'm actually uh for real so um what else did i want to ask you see that the, like i would never think to put rosemary with apple is that just um experimental genius. or yeah, genius? me being amazing really <laughs> how often do you how often do you try something and go uh, no that doesn't work can't disclose that. No, it, um, yeah, happens. And and what's your what's your sort of um, what would you make as a test batch? Like a kilo, a kilo. Yeah, yeah. So the test batch kilo. If if I have less, you know, five hundred grams cooks nice and quick. Done. Yeah. Um, sometimes. I'm being silly, I'm not organized, and it's kitchen time, and I have 30 kilos of kiwi, and just, I read that you can make kiwi jam. I just go for it. Yeah. And it worked. But I, I try to know what I'm doing before I go to the kitchen. How do you go with recording tests? Because one of the things I found with my cheese making was, you know, you're busy, I've got kids running around. Yeah. So I just bash it out. Yeah, and then. <laughs> And, like, when it doesn't go well, it doesn't matter. You're like, oh. But when it does go really well, then it's like, oh, what did I, I do? That. Yeah. You know. Now, I'm, I'm like you, but now that I'm doing this as a job, I'm disciplined and for, I do. Forced to take yeah, the notes. I and, have to write and I have to measure things. Yeah. I can't just go, yeah, wreck a bit more in. Yeah. But like you said, if you're – like, you're – and this is the other thing that gets me with the way we view food. And I do think it's changing, but like I always say to the, tell a story to people when I'm trying to explain milk to them, we standardized milk. Like for whatever reason, people, mm. someone decided that we want milk to taste the same all year round, yeah. which when you think about it means that you are always going to have the worst milk because you can't make bad milk taste better. Okay. You can only uh, make good, good milk. Yeah. Come back yeah. to the okay. worst milk. Got it. So your worst milk is your baseline standard. So you, you, you're cutting off your own nose to spite mm. your own face. Like this is what I love about um, the, the sort of milk industry in Queensland and in Australia now. You're getting these un, um, homogenized milks that are basically out of the cow, mm. into the bottle. You might get a centimetre of cream this week. You might get four centimetres of cream next week. 
who cares? I noticed that last week for the first time when I was organized enough to go to the organic grocery shop and bought organic milk. Yeah. Full cream, of course, but man, it was thin. Yeah. You could tell that it's winter. Yeah. And yeah, I was... I wasn't too happy to be yeah, right. I was disappointed. Yeah. I, I realized why it was, was. and it, it makes sense and everything. But Well, I could notice. Yeah. Like, I could really notice when I was milking the cow and coming back to that when I was giving them fruit. Like, you know, you give them, um, say I got a bin full of strawberries. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of sugar, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden their cream content would jump because you're just giving them really? all this extra energy that Is they're that processing. Um. Uh, yeah. So, and then when they went back, if you did, if I didn't get fruit for a couple of well, fruit and veg for a couple of weeks, and I just went back to the hay, mm. you could see that the the cream content would start to drop back off again. That's awesome. Um, I wish I had a working cow. That's totally yeah. amazing. I haven't had one for a couple. I lost <laughs> lost when my twins were born, and they're in intensive care and I moved my cows into another paddock that wasn't as securely fenced and they went wandering and the council took them and I never got them back so I've now got two other cows which have just been off getting pregnant and they're just about to come back so I'm very excited to oh that was my other question fruit in soap do you know much about fruit in soap 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 no, I don't make soap. I make jam. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm keen to try no. the um the guavas in a soap. Ah, because they're quite the seeds, so you got like some yeah exfoliation. Well, they're quite vibrant in color. Yes, they look beautiful. You have to be careful to um you know to, to I think mm. soaps like like jam if you've got too much you got to get the balance right. Soap can actually go off because it's it can degrade but because it's um you, you know it's got preservative in it natural preservative in the, the chemical reaction that's why it's mm-hmm. made so if you have the right balance it won't it mm-hmm. will last forever in a day but yeah put too much fruit in and that can actually go bad so i never thought about fruit in soap mm. now you put something new <laughs> in my mind <laughs> yeah well like because i'm not getting huge i think when um uh, so I, I did a, a, um, a Kickstarter for my orchard mm-hmm. and I planted all my trees, but, you know, and that was three years ago, but fruit trees just don't produce overnight. Yeah. I really want to give the people that back me something. Yeah. And so I'm thinking ah, when yeah, I get great. the Brazilian cherry and the guava crop this year, they're both very vibrant pinky red colours. Mm. That's what I'm going to do. So Because I made, make my soap with my aloe vera and my comfrey mm-hmm. and um beeswax obviously i've got bees so use the beeswax but um yeah i thought maybe i can get some fruit in there as well that's a nice idea Mm. so and this is this is the wonder of the age we live in in terms of if i was trying to do this even 10 years ago i'm sure i could have found books and the books probably would have pushed me on the path and i could have experimented Mm. to the point where i think but now like you go on and like I make a cold process soap with milk. I make it all based on milk because eventually I'm going to have my own milk again and I'm going to have lots of milk and it's eat, you know, that's yeah. a, a, a good way to do my soap. And there's just so much information out yeah, there. Fantastic. You know, right down to I was looking last, I was like, I wonder if you can do a fruit soap. Yep. 
there's you know five blogs on making yeah. watermelon soap with poppy <laughs> seeds and it's just like this is just insane and yeah I, I don't oh yeah oh, what would we do without it I don't know how yeah. our parents got through life without internet <laughs> well I think it's interesting that it's sort of gone full circle once upon a time you had to know this information mm. and it had to be passed down because otherwise the fruit would rot underneath the tree so it was sort of like a necessity and it got passed down. And I guess if your family had an orchard, then you got that information. Mm-hmm. Now it's sort of spreading to not necessarily generationally in families, but in people that are interested. Yeah. So because it's easy to pass that information on, that information passes on, but not from, you know, mother to daughter to granddaughter. It passes on from this person in Israel writes a blog and then this person makes a soap making business and they write another blog and then this person you know the knowledge gets shared around but it's a lot sort of it's sort of all over the place Mm. i don't know about soap soap recipes but when i read jam recipes online sometimes i do wonder you know like how legit they are how did that yeah i don't trust every recipe that i read but it might give you an interesting idea yeah and well, then I do go back to the basic standards that I learned from my family's tradition. Yeah. How things go in relation to each other and how you do it. I, I think too, like like you're saying with the kiwi fruit jam, you know, obviously your family has no kiwi fruit jam recipe. No. But it's for you, like you're like, well, I can make jam. All I need to know is someone has made kiwi fruit yeah. jam before and it works. And yeah. then you're like, oh, okay, well, someone's done it. I'm not. I'm going to have a go. Exactly. Um, And it's all chemistry, isn't it, really? Kiwi fruit's a a fruit with sugar in it. It can't be that different. Exactly. Yeah. So (laughs) this week I want to try a – have you heard of yacon or yacon? Yes. Yeah. Well, apparently you can make jam from it. Really? That's what I want to try this week. It's a root, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. I, it's um, ready for harvest at the moment, and I have quite a few kilos coming out of my own garden, and I love eating it because you eat it. You can eat it raw, like you just peel it's, it. It's a little bit like a almost like a Jerusalem artichoke, isn't it? Um, yeah, the way that it grows, yes. Yeah, but the not, taste not in terms of no, its um it's, taste and it's probably a bit like an. A crunchy pear or crunchy apple. It's oh, really okay. crunchy yep. and very juicy. Yeah. And it has a bit of a gingery but also sweetness. Yeah. And um, – I'm glad you said that because I remember what the last question yeah. I wanted to ask is. Um, Nashi pear. Yes. Can, what jam can you make with that? Because it's so moist. Is it basically like a, like a pear um, jelly? Yeah. So I – when I have nashi pear available, I make this paste, the yep. pear red pepper paste. I make that with nashi pear. And that's more a cheese sort of sideboard sort of thing than a yeah. jam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you cook the moisture out. You just yeah. okay. spend some extra time and keep stirring it. Yeah, because it is incredibly yeah. juicy. It's beautiful. I think. Love it. It's going to have to produce a lot of fruit before it gets to the stage of, <laughs> of me wanting to make something with it because yeah, I, just I, eat it. I just love them yeah. fresh. And um, I, I actually think supermarkets 
are starting to wise up with their fruit. I haven't this. I noticed this year I haven't had too many bad tasting apples. I used to one of my pet peeves was I'd be out on the road and I'd wander through a fruit shop or a supermarket and I'd get an apple for morning tea and you take one bite and throw it away because it was just you know it tasted like yeah. it was bored. Yeah. Um, but I find those the nashies are so variable. You'll get one and it's just like heaven, mm-hmm. and then the next one you'll get and it's just. No, whatever it is, they haven't let it ripen enough or whatever. That's just just terrible. Yeah, it's. So. I guess with any fruit, you never quite know. But if it's locally grown and if you get it in season, it can only be good. Good. I think the stuff that you get, like at the moment, they are shipping stone fruit from the US to oh, us, so insane. people can eat stone fruit. Insane. They picked them green. Have you ever had a peach that was picked oh. green and then it was there's no in a sugar sh- in it. like a shipping container for weeks yeah. to ripen artificially? It tastes like nothing. The other interesting thing I'm finding now is um, at least Woolies, I haven't noticed in Coles, but they're putting quite large signs saying um, Australia, like that it is an in-season Australian fruit. So I'd say they're getting people that are shopping that way now. People are asking for it. I I just don't want to buy anything that's from overseas. I only want the seasonal stuff. And they're there to make money. There's Mm -hmm. no way they would be doing that unless their research is telling them that more people are wanting to eat. Um, And I wonder whether we'll start seeing a secondary tag come up where it says, Produced in Queensland or produced within 500 kilometres of yeah, it, where the people will start point. pushing yeah. that way as well. Yeah. So, mm. all right, where can we get your stuff? Well, well, I guess the best place is to go to the um, yeah, Scrumptious Read. Yes, yeah. yeah. Best place to come <laughs> is Scrumptious Read. But your website is uglyduckpreserves.com. Yep. Um, and your local stockists is on there. Are you on Facebook or Twitter or yes. Instagram? I'm doing Facebook and I'm doing Instagram and the handle is Ugly Duck Preserves. Okay. And um, soon I'm intending to do online direct sales through my page, but for the moment just Come have to a scrumptious reads. Yeah, stockers, <laughs> absolutely. Well, thanks for coming in, Michelle. That thanks was for fantastic. Your time. Thank you for tasting all my preserves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home and tell Vanessa and she's going to be quite jealous that I got to eat, especially the... Uh, Apple and rosemary. I think she'd like that on a bit of roast lamb. All right, cool. Thanks for coming in. Ta.